0: Mark chapter five, verse 35. If you have a Bible, please turn there. If you don't have a Bible, on your phone is an app called YouVersion that you can download, and it is a free Bible just for you from us. Just kidding, we didn't create it, but it's free. Imagine, (laughs) thought I'd just let that slide. Anyway, it's a free Bible and uh, you can follow along there. I'm gonna read Mark chapter five. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Mark chapter five, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking to her, her being the woman with the issue of blood who was just healed, and I preached about her before in a message called Reverse Worse. It's on our YouTube channel along with our podcast channel. All of our sermons are free there. And so you can catch that message. But while Jesus is speaking to her messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing, and he went inside and asked while wow, this commotion, while wow, this weeping, the child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him. So I love his response. So he made them all leave. <laughs> Let's go. Isn't that awesome? I'm not being funny. That's in the Bible. He wasn't like, you know what? I forgive you guys. Just stick. He was like, out, get out, you're out. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, and that word in the Greek language is he grabbed her by the hand. This was not uh, this, this was her, if you can get the mental picture, he's, he's grabbing her and he's picking her up. It's, it's to it's aggressively grab onto. Holding her hand, he said, little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and they were totally amazed. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and he told them to give her something to eat. The crowd laughed at him but he made them all leave. I want to preach from the subject today Clear the Room for Resurrection. Resurrection. Clear the room for resurrection. Can you look over at your neighbor? Tell them, clear the room, clear the room, clear the room. Would you mind typing that in the chat? If you would clear the room, clear, clear the room. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I I pray Lord that you would help me to preach this word that you've put in my heart. I thank you for every person watching, every person listening, every person in the room. I thank you, Lord, that we are not here by accident. We are not a part of this moment by accident, but I believe you do have a clear word for your people. So I pray that you would speak it. I pray for that tailor-made word, that exact word, phrase, idea, verse that every person in this room needs. You're so big that you can talk to us corporately and you can talk to us individually all at the same time. Speak, Lord. We are listening. We are open, we are hungry, we are expecting for a word from you because we know that one word from God, one word from God can change our entire life. So we ask you today, clear the room and do a miracle in our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen and amen. Come on, let's give God some praise as we go to God's word. Clear the room, clear the room. Well, this was not an easy journey. For Jairus. Verse 21 tells us that he had been waiting for Jesus. And so uh, if you know this story, and we just looked at Mark chapter 4 last week, Jesus uh, had been teaching. Jesus had been doing miracles. Jesus had just cleansed uh, the person with the demons over uh, in the Gadareans. And now he is coming back. Word is spreading that Jesus is coming back to the village, that Jesus is coming back to town. And the Bible said in verse 20 that the crowd was already forming around the beach. They were, they were waiting for him. They were all around the shore. They're waiting for him. And there is Jairus waiting for Jesus. Jairus, a dignified city leader, a respected religious leader, possibly a critic of Jesus up until this point. No doubt, not a public fan of Jesus, would have not been, uh, would not have spoken well of Jesus before this moment. And now he finds himself in need of Jesus. Life does have a way, huh? Of uh, (laughs) changing our perspective quickly. And now I can see him. I can see him on the shore. I can, I can see him maybe even with his toes in the water. I can see him waiting as the waves are crashing in on his ankles, I can see him waiting for Jesus. No doubt the hundreds or maybe even thousands of people around the shore would have all been talking about Jairus. They would have all been pointing at Jairus. They would have all been thinking, what is he doing here? Why is he here of all people? Jairus, he's, he's spoken out against Jesus. He's talked about Jesus. He's, he's warned us about Jesus. And now Jairus is He's waiting for Jesus and he's waiting hour after hour. He's waiting moment after moment. Time is ticking for the Bible said that his daughter is sick and about to die. He is on a timeline. He needs God and he needs God yesterday. He needs God to move and he needs God to move quickly. And so he is waiting for him. He is expecting him. He is needing him. And he refused to allow the waiting to rob his expectation. Yeah, yeah. Let let me, let me just tell you two things that are really important right now. Patience is really important right now. Hello. Yeah, patience is really important right now. But so is expectation. And it is very important that in a season like we're in right now, that... Our need for patience does not rob our expectation. This is a weird time to even want to be expected. This is a weird time to try to press into God. This is a weird time to try to believe for a miracle because there's so much that that we're hearing and that we're learning and that we're right now where it's like, okay, I guess we just got to kind of hunker down and wait it out. And I'm not saying that all of that's bad because the Bible says that we inherit The promises of God by faith and by patience. Nothing wrong with patience as long as you are patiently waiting with expectation. What does that mean? It means that I'm expecting God to move and while I'm expecting, I'm not complaining. That's patience. I'm gonna let y'all clap if you want to because I feel I am believing for miracles and I refuse to complain while I'm believing. That is patience. And I want to tell somebody, don't allow this season to rob you of expectation. Don't let this season rob you of getting your feet in the water waiting on Jesus. Don't let this season rob you of pressing through the crowd and getting a word from God. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. (laughs) Not just faithful, though we need to be faithful, but faith-filled oh, and this is tough right now. I, I'm, I'm there. I'm with y'all. I gotta I'm be faithful. But I can't lose that, that faith edge that God has called me to have and frankly, that God has called our church to have. And you go, Jabin, come on. Don't be talking about expectation. Listen, we're all expecting anyway. We might as well expect something good. Yeah? Right? Isn't that, I mean, you turn on the news, it's like, Something bad's coming at all times, right? I mean, you don't turn on the news and Anderson Cooper's like, you know what, guys, tonight, just good news. Let's start with the story about the kittens that were found. Let's start, no, that's not how it works right now. It's all bad. I just saw a report. I think it was yesterday about the second wave. I said, I thought the second wave was in June. Now, I mean, now we haven't even hit the second wave now. Now they're telling us, get ready for those. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Expectation is very high right now in our nation. We're just expecting all the wrong things. And so I want to challenge you to to be able to Turn that expectation towards God and not towards evil. I want to challenge you to get your hopes up. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. That's what faith is. I don't see it yet, but I have a conviction. I don't see it yet, but I have an assurance. Not in myself, not in my works, not what I can do, but in what God has promised. It goes on to say in verse six, and it is impossible to please God without faith. So so, so it is impossible to please God without assurance, without conviction, without hope. Because anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I wanna say it like this, God appreciates faith. Faith pleases God because it tells God that we believe that what he said he would do, he will do. Yeah. God honors faith because faith honors God. I love how Dr. Oral Roberts said it. Something good is going to happen to you. An Oral Roberts graduate right here. You better know that phrase. Something good is going to, you're like, I don't know about that. Well. All fear is is the opposite of that. Something bad is going to happen to me. And fear is not noble. And fear is not spiritual. And fear does not honor God. (laughs) Jairus is waiting. He's waiting with expectation. He's he's breaking every cultural norm. He's he's breaking all the cultural rules. He's, He's immediately siding with this Jewish rabbi, this Messiah that is going against all of the religious protocol of the day. And he's leaning into God. And the Bible says that his daughter was 12 years old. 12 an amazing number because in Jewish culture, you're taught that at 12 and 13, you are transitioning from child to adult. You are, you are leaving one season, you are entering into another season. You are, you are leaving one place and you're entering into another place. I talked about this a little bit last week. We're, we're, we're leaving one moment, we're entering into another moment. And in this moment of transition, the girl gets sick. In this moment of change, the girl gets sick. In a moment of, I'm leaving one level and going to another level, the girl gets sick. In a moment of, man, I know I got a word from God and I'm about to take a step of faith, the girl gets sick. (laughs) I wanna tell somebody who has believed that you're in a moment of warfare, you're actually in a moment of transition. Yeah, so good, it's real good. Because the devil doesn't just fight to fight. So the warfare is not just the devil was in a bad mood and he picked you. The, the warfare is in the transition. The, for, the warfare is in the change. The warfare is in the shift. The warfare is in the fact that I have been at one level, but something in me is stirring me up and saying, I gotta get back to church. I gotta get back on fire for God. I gotta get back in the house of God. I gotta get my family back in church. I refuse to let 2020 steal everything from my life. I refuse to let this season steal my destiny. I'm going out for God and it's in that transition that the enemy attacks so don't lose the dream in the transition don't lose your faith in the transition don't quit in the transition because there is something on the other side of this moment. God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you and so I refuse to let discouragement sit in. There must be something amazing on the other side of this moment. I can't wait to see it and by faith and by patience and by expectation and by praise I'm going to get everything God has for me. Somebody give God some praise. Come on, I'll keep preaching, but we're clearing the room for for resurrection. Let me give you a few points today. Firstly, there are always two voices. There are always two voices. And while Jesus was speaking to her, <laughs> they arrived and they told him, Your daughter is dead. Two voices. Y'all see it? While Jesus was speaking, the messenger was speaking. While Jesus was talking, the messenger was talking. Kind of rude. Kind of (laughs) rude. The devil is rude. The the devil does have a way of talking to you right when God's talking to you. (laughs) The devil does have a way of right in the presence of God, you're like, I know, breakthrough. And all of a sudden this thought, why are you lifting your hands? Why are you clapping? You look like an idiot. And you're just like, all right. I know, breakthrough. The devil has a way of, of, of talking over Jesus. The enemy has a way of, of speaking at the wrong time, which is his right time, but it's your wrong time. There's always two voices. The, the question I get more than any question in life, in ministry, the question I get more than anything else is, how do I distinguish God's voice from my voice or God's voice from the enemy's voice? It is the number one question I get. This is a perfect example of how to distinguish it. One voice is saying, give up, it's over. That's not God's voice. <laughs> John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And any voice that sounds like that is not God's voice. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's God's voice. God's voice sounds like God's voice. If that voice you're hearing does not line up with what God has already said, then it's not God's voice. There's always two voices. Yeah. Your daughter is... Amazing in the Greek language, expired. Out of time. You tried. It's over. No more time. No more hope. Out of time. You tried, Jairus. Maybe if that crazy woman with the issue of blood wouldn't have distracted Jesus, maybe maybe she would have gotten healed, but it's over expired. And let me tell you the lie that the enemy is speaking to the church. Let me tell, the, tell you the lie that the devil's saying to you. He's saying, you've run out of time. It's, so, it's too late. You should have tried before. You should have tried, tried then. You should have tried. And, and that is always the voice of the enemy. No more time, no more hope, no more future. It's too late. It's expired. You had time. You no longer have time. Your daughter is dead. Your daughter is expired. Don't bother the teacher, he said. Stop the pursuit. Just give up. You tried, but it did not work. And everything I'm saying for a lot of you in this room and a lot of you watching, you're going, that's exactly what I've been hearing. Ooh, you turned you turn into the right church service today. I'll tell you what. And I cannot imagine this moment. The pain, the emotions, the defeat that Jairus felt in that moment. Can, can you imagine He's, he was walking home with Jesus? Jesus was about to do a miracle and then it, it, it expired. And as he's holding back tears and as he's catching his breath and as he is beginning his journey home, Jesus speaks. I want you to catch this. The Greek language says it like this. Jesus overheard. Jesus is so Jesus. Jesus. that he can be talking to a woman healing her and listening to a conversation over here all at the same time. Jesus is so Jesus that he can help two people at the same time, that he can help thousands of people at the same time, that he can be talking to every person in this room all simultaneously exactly what they need all at the same time. He he is so God that he can be healing a woman and yet, not forgetting about Jairus. He overheard it. I want, you to, I want you to capture it. It's over. She's expired. Run out of time. Stop bothering the teacher. So good. And with tears in his eyes, Jairus begins the journey home. And Jesus goes, I, I want you to think of it like this he's, he's talking to her, going, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Okay, hey, your sins are forgiven. I love you. You're healed. And Jairus is going, are you talking to Are you talking to her? Or are you talking to me? Are you, who are you and Jesus would go, yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah. <laughs> you talking, you talking to the woman, are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Jamin, you talking about me right now? Yeah. Jamin, is God talking to me right now? Yeah. Because that's who God is. Because whatever God said to one, he says to all. The promises of God are not yes and no, but the promises of God are yes. And in him they are amen. Come on, give God some praise. When, When we think of God overhearing, this is not Santa Claus. Figuring out if we're naughty or nice. He knows we're naughty. This is Genesis 16, where the Bible calls God El Roe, the God who sees, the God who hears, the God who knows all, all at the same time. I see you, I hear you, not checking up on you to see if you've made a mistake. I already know all that, took care of all that on the cross 2000 years ago, before you were ever a thought in your parents' mind. I already took care of your sin. I already took care of those issues. All you gotta do is trust me for that. I see you. I hear you. I know the emotions of your heart. I know what you're going through right now. I I feel this. Don't be afraid. (sighs) Never let a messenger that does not know Jesus tell you about Jesus. Don't bother him. Like he knows, like he can be bothered. Isaiah 53 said it like this, Almighty God speaking. Who has believed our message? The old song used to say, whose report will we believe? Who are you going to believe? The messenger or the Messiah? The critic or the Christ? Fear or faith? Society, culture, the devil, my emotions, my current weakness. I refuse to let those things have a voice in my life. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, just have faith. This is not Jesus telling Jairus to toughen up. <laughs> man, you just need to have faith, man. You just need to have more faith. Kind of goes back to that peace series when Paul says rejoice, you know, and it's like, uh, okay. Have peace. It's like, "Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Thanks." <laughs> this is this is not Jesus telling Jairus to get tough. This is Jesus showing Jairus, "Hey Jairus, you're at a fork in the road. You have two options right now. Him or me. Fear or faith. Death or life. Jairus, you are in a critical moment. Don't give in to the messenger. He knows you. He knows your family. But Jairus, he doesn't know me. <laughs> yeah, they might know you. They might know your situation, but they don't know your God. They might know your past, but they don't know your future. They may know your history, but they don't know your destiny. Don't give in to the messenger that tries to create a narrative for your life based off of a past experience. God is bigger than that. And I'm preaching hard right now. If y'all want to shout me down a little bit, I'll take it. Listen, I appreciate the doctors, but it's not over till God says it's over. I appreciate sociologists, but it's not over till God says it's over. I, I appreciate the therapists, but it's not over till God says it's over. I, I appreciate my well-meaning mama, but it ain't over till God says it's over and the devil is saying the dream is dead, the devil is saying the marriage is dead, the devil is saying your destiny is dead, the devil is saying it's over, it's expired you had time but you've run out of time but my God is the God who can restore the years my God is the God who can say whatever the cankerworm worm has eaten the years that have been stolen, I will give it back to you sevenfold. it's not dead it's only asleep Come on, give God some praise and I'll keep preaching, but oh, come on, give God a little bit of worship in this place. I know these past six months have been painful, but we're still here. We're not dead and maybe we've fallen asleep, but today we can get up, clear the room for resurrection. Number number two, remove and replace remove and replace. Jesus enters the house and the crowd laughed at him. And he made them all leave. And I love this. This is one of those moments we get a little bit of attitude from Jesus. He just just come as you are. And no, he's like, out, out. You got it, y'all got it. <laughs> This ain't gonna work. Not everyone can go into the room. Not everyone can be invited into your miracle. (laughs) And you have to get the wrong voices out Before there is room for the right voices to come in. (laughs) Before Peter, James, and John had room, he had to clear the room. And a lot of you want to keep the wailers in and Peter, James, and John in at the same time. And James called this being (laughs) double-minded. One foot in, one foot out. I don't just mean about, I'm not just trying to be a youth pastor right now. I'm talking about just in our own faith. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna kind of try it God's way and my way and we'll see yeah. whose way works. Yeah. And Jesus is like, I don't do that. I, yeah. I clear the room. Hey. Like I refuse to be an option. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And they laughed at him. I want to call this laugh, the laugh of dishonor. It's casual. It's body language. It's eye rolling. It's, it's, it's cool if you want to be a rabbi, but don't try to raise people from the dead, Jesus. It's. It's, you're a good teacher, but this is a little out of your pay grade. This is, this is, you, you may be a prophet, but you're not the Messiah. This is, yeah, we've, we've heard rumors of what you can do, but come on, this is, this is a little beyond you, Jesus. So yeah. It's dishonor. It was the laugh of dishonor. It was, it was Jesus coming in going, she's not dead, and they laughed. Because what Jesus said and what they said were diametrically opposed. And many times that's how life is. What God is saying and what you're seeing are just so different. Yeah? Anyone been there? You, you, You know the promise of God and you know life. And they just look so different that like Sarah in the Old Testament, you laugh. But it's not a laugh of faith, it's a laugh of dishonor. It's a laugh of, come on. And if you're not careful, God will try to be clearing the room. But you're too casual to allow him to do it. It's the laugh of dishonor. Let me, let me explain honor to you in the, in, in the Greek language. It is to set and determine a value. To set and determine a value. Their attitude of dishonor created an atmosphere that was not conducive to a miracle. (laughs) Hello. Okay. And we're talking about honoring the Lord now. This is why your attitude when you come to church matters. All right, preach, Shaven. Okay, I'm trying. Luke chapter four, Luke chapter four, verse 24. I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to one of them. Wow but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. In other words, when there was a great famine in the Old Testament, God did not send Elijah to a Jewish family. Sent him to a Gentile family. Because the Jewish people knew Elijah and they just called him the old crazy prophet. But the Gentiles had great respect for him. And God went, I can't send you to the people that know you because they can't see you by the spirit. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, and yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian, another Gentile. Jesus is saying, your honor, if I am a carpenter's son, all you get from me is tables and chairs. But if I'm the Christ, you get heaven, you get healing, (laughs) you get deliverance, you get supernatural freedom. Your honor of Jesus determines what you can receive from Jesus. (laughs) And you would think that at that moment they would all fall on their face and go, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 28, all the people in the synagogue, church people, church people, church people, were furious when they heard this. They got up and they drove him out of town and took him to a hill to throw him off a cliff. Dishonor. Casual. And like Jesus... We must keep the voices of dishonor far from us. Because it is determining what we can receive from him. 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. People are made in the image of God If you want to know how valuable a person is, look what Jesus did for them. But you choose the value of that person by the way you honor them in your life. Image of God, Jesus died for them. The creation of God Almighty. But the honor I set for them determines their value to me. This is in friendships. This is how you treat your spouse. This is how you treat your kids. This is how you honor your parents. This is how you honor authority. This is how you honor God. This is how you honor pastors. It's all the same. Am I making sense to you now? We're we're talking about honor. We have to clear the room of dishonor if we want resurrection. This is why some people walk up to me every week and go, you changed my life. This house has changed my life. Pastor, you changed my life. And then another person will come up to me and go, what's up, bro? And it's like, cool. <laughs> and you look at their lives and they look different. Because to one, I'm this man of God that brings the word and, and they need it every Sunday. And I teach the word and I'm faithful to the scripture. And they're like, man, this is our house. This is where we're receiving. to another person, I'm buddy. And that's okay. But the value you set determines what you can receive. Yeah. He had to drive out that laughing, eye-rolling spirit of dishonor in order for a resurrection to happen. Se- secondly, this, this text reminds me how important Relationships are in this season. We have never been more isolated than we are right now, and it shows. Depression, substance abuse, suicide. Uh, Just read a report this week that 30% of teenagers have thought about suicide in the last three months. 30% have thought about suicide in the last three months. Y'all, you better have a Peter, James, and John. I'm going to need an amen right there. Amen. You better you better have some people that when resurrection needs to happen, you got somebody that you can grab onto. You better have a prayer partner, a prayer warrior. You better, have, you better have somebody that you can open up to. You better have someone that you can talk to. You better have someone that will help you clear the room. You better have somebody that, I mean, we are so isolated right now. We're so alone right now. We're so, the emotions are so high right now. We must lean into community. We must lean into friendship. We must lean into leadership. We must lean into godly relationships because because there are such great needs and Jesus did not address this need alone. I wanna, I just wanna be honest with you. This is why church is important. And I know some of you can't come yet. I understand that because you have a pre-existing condition and, and, and you don't, and you can't come yet. And I am so, I honor that there is, I love that. But man, if you can get in church, in, I'm talking about in a building, it's important. Some of y'all don't want to come because we wear masks. Find a church in town that doesn't require it. They're around. Find one. Go worship there. I would would rather you be in a church. I would rather you be in a church than watch me online. Omar's like, oh my God, the offering's just... God will take care of us. You got to be in a house. You, you you gotta get in a house, y'all. If, if I, I went to Target this week, wore my mask, went to CVS this week, wore my mask, went to a restaurant, wore my mask. If we gonna come to church, come on, don't don't let church. Church is more important than Target. Church is more important than Costco. Church is more important than CVS. You can buy all that stuff on Amazon. Give me an amen. You gotta get in church. Come on, we're clearing the room for resurrection. We got to honor God's house. We got to honor the brothers. We got to honor the gathering of the saints. We got to honor what God has said is important. Joining together in community, Amen. Got to clear the. We're clearing the room. We're getting together. We're joining together. We're doing it smart. We're doing it slow. But man, it's important that we gather. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, because that didn't go very well. Lastly, set, set the table. Set the table. Look at your neighbor say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Set the table. <laughs> and someone's like, oh my God, he's a prophet. No, it just—it's it's 1030. I know you're hungry. <laughs> set the table. He raises her from the dead. Watch, watch, and he goes, and we have, uh, Zach, come on up. He raises her from the dead and he says, now give her something to eat. Mm, Like just just because she received a miracle doesn't mean she'll never need to eat again. Uh, Uh, (laughs) And the reason that a lot of saints go from miracle to miracle is because they don't eat in between. You got to learn how to set the table. You got to learn how to eat. It it was like Jesus said, hey, I did my part. I do your part. She's hungry. I've done what only I can do. Now you do what you can do. Talking about faith. I'm talking about eating. I'm talking about set the table. I've said it so many times, don't pray about things that you can do. (laughs) And don't try to do things that only God can do. (laughs) (laughs) Only Jesus can raise the dead. Only Jesus could have looked at that girl and said, get up, and he did. But now you feed her. Now you sustain. Now you do your part. (laughs) Feed your faith. do what you know you should do. Do what only you can do. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but the disciples had to roll away the stone. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but the disciples had to take off his grave clothes. God did what only he could do. Now I do what I can do. Only Jesus could multiply the bread, but the disciples had to bring him bread. Amen. God told Moses when he was delivering the children of Israel from captivity, he said, I've come down. I've heard their cry. I will deliver them. Now go. <laughs> I've heard it. I've seen it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about it. Now Moses, go and talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh. I'm going to do my part, Moses. You do your part. God is 100% committed to his part. But he does his best work when we do our part. Give me an amen. Amen. John 16, I no longer call you servants because servants don't know their master's business. I call you friends. The apostle Paul called us co-heirs with Christ, heirs of God. We in the family business, y'all. Adopted into this royal family, you give them something to eat. You bring a friend to church next week. You share your faith with somebody, you tell somebody your testimony, you pray for that person, you read your Bible, you get serious about your faith, you eat. Feeder. What what an interesting last word after a miracle. (laughs) What an interesting last statement from Jesus. It wasn't, I love y'all so much. I love you. If you need anything, you call us. It was, now eat. Cook. Do what you can do. Because the more you'll do what, it's like he ended the miracle with a commandment. And the more we can knock those out, the less miracles we need. <laughs> miracles are stressful. I'm grateful they I'm I'm grateful God does them. But when he's doing one, we're freaking out. So <laughs> the more I can eat and obey and do the last thing God told me to do, probably the less time I'm gonna have to be in a situation. I'm clearing the room. I'm clearing the room. I'm going to eat. And if you don't like my food, get out of my kitchen. And if you don't like my food, get out of my house because I'm clearing the room for resurrection. I'm clearing the room for miracles. I'm clearing. I am setting the table for God to do what only God can do. And he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I'm going to eat at the table oh, clear the room I don't know I don't know what's in your room your life that maybe it's time to ask that thing to leave but I promise you God will help you God will help God will help you if you'll say I'm done with this God he will help you So, Father, I believe now for your children. I believe for miracles, for resurrection, for supernatural turnarounds in their life. I believe, God, that today you're answering prayer. I believe today you are leading, you're guiding. And my prayer is today that you would give us the courage to push out every voice that does not line up with your voice in our heart. That you would give us the courage to clear the room so that there is room for you to do what you wanna do in our life. Holy Spirit, I pray right now there are so many needs. There are so many prayers there are so many gyruses in the room that are saying, "I need God to do something." Oh God, I pray that you would release answers to every voice that has told us, it's over, it's expired, it's done. I thank you, Father, in Jesus name, that that voice is being shut up, that voice is being canceled. Thank you, you hear us. You overheard the conversation and you're moving in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that from this word would come testimony after testimony of resurrection, of life, of answered prayer, of miracles, of supernatural sustenance and supernatural provision, let it be so in Jesus name, hallelujah, I'm almost done, but I want to, I want to pray for every business owner, if you own a business, run a business, can you stand real quick, I want to pray for you, own a business, run a business, entrepreneur, real estate agent, anything like that, let me pray for you, you're the boss, (laughs) and you feel that way, I want to pray for you. This is a this is a a season of unknowns, but I know. I want you to lift your hands, Father. I pray for supernatural provision and wisdom. I pray for supernatural favor. I thank you, Lord, that these people are the sheep of your pasture that you are their good shepherd, that the voice of another they will not follow. I thank you for supernatural answers to prayer. I thank you for the right connections and the right people in the right places and the right time. I clear the room of every negative voice that is trying to discourage and stop them I declare life. I declare get up. I declare provision. I declare clarity. I declare wisdom. I declare peace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.